visit geoal.com and learn how GeoAL implements next-generation intelligence advancement technologies to aid the Department of Defense with precision and expertise analysis. <laughs> GeoAL, the new era of intelligence. Welcome to the Veteran Business Collective Podcast. All right, we are joined today by Chris Sykes of Handyman Connections. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. Doing real good. I actually enjoyed our, our little preliminary conversation we already had here. Um, got a little crazy for a minute, but it was good to get some laughs out. If anybody's curious, you can Google the Waffle Stomp and see if you can figure out what it was we were talking about. We're not going to... Define it now, but uh, could that would probably be the best thing we did? Yeah, not do define it, it. You mean do it in incognito mode? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> More good advice, and I think we also also hatched a new plan based on deployment experience to make real estate more affordable for investors, <laughs> which we also won't get into just now. More, more to come on that. More to come on so that yeah, as the plan. The next couple episodes. As we'll, the plan. We'll really put out pieces of the plan. We need to let it develop fully. That's right. Hasn't quite percolated yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's your first Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Subscribe oh. today. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Oh, man. Well, let's let's get right into it, man. Let's uh, let's start with a day in the life of, of Chris with Handyman Connections because, you know, we were supposed to start recording – Almost 20 minutes ago, but being a business owner, you're slam jam busy, running around like crazy, and couldn't get to the studio quite on time. So, is that is that the norm for you? That that is the norm for me. So this morning, you know, it starts at six o'clock for me every single morning. Uh, really, about 5:30, uh, wake up, kind of get my game plan of what I think we're going to do today. Uh, make sure my guys are equipped to do the jobs that they're going to go to. Customers just really prep it. Um, and this morning at 6.30, I was sitting in the parking lot of the landfill ready to dump a trailer so that, you know, I didn't have to tie up another craftsman to go take some stuff to a landfill and come back. So it's always a busy go, go, go um, type scenario, which is, you know, it's how, it's how my life's been since I got out of high school and joined the military. It's just that, that, that life continues on, you know, that early rising late to sleep. Yeah. Tell us about your uh, military background. So um, I was in the Army for 13 years. Um, joined originally as a medic in the Army National Guard, uh, stationed down here on Carolina Beach Road. Um, oh, really? In yep. Wilmington? In Wilmington, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> went to basic training, um, come back, went to AIT, got out, and I was like, you know what? I want to go active duty. So... I went and went active. Um, I was signed down at Fort Stewart, Georgia, mm -hmm. and I was assigned to a air cab unit that provided medevac support for the whole post. Um, <clears throat> I had a first sergeant, First Sergeant Livingston, who was a soldier, soldier, and he was riding around the flight line one afternoon. We come back, we were getting everything done, cleaned up, and um, <clears throat> at that time I was a specialist. He said, specialist? He said, come here. I said, yes, first sergeant. He says, what do you want to do in the Army? About that time, there was a bunch of Apaches lining up the land over there because we shared this airfield with them. And uh, I said, I want to fly one of those. He said, have you put in your flight packet? I said, no, I haven't. I said, I don't know how to do that. He says, um, after PT tomorrow, he says, you'll be in my office. 
He says, we're going to go over there to the education center. He says, we're going to get you signed up and get everything done. Needless to say, two weeks later, I took the, the flight aptitude test and <clears throat> didn't think nothing about it. And um, almost about six, seven weeks later, um, he called me in the office. He said, uh, are you ready? I said, I, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> ready for what? <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like a loaded like, question know, coming from these, a first sergeant, these right? These loaded questions <laughs> yeah, in yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Ready you for know, what, I'm a 20-mile 20, 20 hike but, uh, or what? What are you talking about? Is this a volatile mission <laughs> or is this a, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, what, what is this? He says, um, so here's your 4187. He says, you're going to Fort Rucker. He says, you're going to one officer school. He said, uh, you got to step. He says, you pass one officer school. He says, then you're going to go into flight school. He says, make me proud. I said, Roger that first start, and out I went. Wow. Um, <clears throat> went to Warren Officer School, walk school. That was uh, an interesting time. Got done with that. Transitioned to the other side of, of post and went into aviation. And I stayed in aviation for a good number of years. Um, got out of active duty, moved back here. Come to find out North Carolina was one of the few uh, National Guard units that had a Apache unit in it up in Raleigh, hmm. and so I went to went over to those guys, and at that time they were transitioning from the um, Bravo models to the Delta models, which have the big round thing on top. And I was like, all right, I'm already proficient in that. At that time, they were spinning up to go to Fort Hood to transition, get combat ready, and you know deploy over to Afghanistan. Sounds like you had a pretty good first sergeant. I did. I did. Yeah. I, I look back That's at awesome. that, and, you know, and, and it was every NCO that I ever dealt with um, in the aviation side and non-aviation side of that, it was, you know, they were a soldier, soldier. You know, they cared about their troops. They they led, and um, it, was a, it, it was a really good time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a uh, an NCO or staff NCO approach me like that usually it's hey marine you need to do this if you want to be successful in the marine corps you need to go do this you need to go do that without really asking you what your definition of success might look like or or where you might want to land i did have an officer do that once which was great because it ended up landing me in marsoc uh but he was a major it wasn't a first sergeant first Mm -hmm. sergeant Mm -hmm. i've never had an nco do that that's pretty cool yeah yeah and i can say you know a lot of that we we saw you know with especially in um in aviation units, you know, they're very, and, and it's weird when you look at a attack aviation unit, a majority of your line companies are warrant officers. I mean, when we stood in, you know, in formation, it was, you know, your, your few officers, but it was warrant officers and then down to like staff sergeants. And that made up your Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie companies, your Delta companies were your maintenance, which was the biggest one, and that's where you had a lot of your lower enlisted. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a unique, different way when you looked at that. You know, there was CW5s to ones, you know, which was kind of like your private to your, you know, your sergeants, and then you had your staff sergeants in there. So it was kind of odd when you saw that. A lot of, lot of brass on that side. That's an awesome story. I'm just thinking about it. I, that's super cool that he ended up doing something like that that had a huge positive impact on you. Absolutely. You know, I, as you always say, you never forget the ones who make the impact mm-hmm. in that. To that day, that that first start, first start Livingston, I remember him to this 
to this day. Yeah, most of the first sergeants I remember, um, like about about as detailed as they got with guidance was, don't get anyone pregnant this weekend, mm -hmm. don't get arrested, don't get a DUI. Yeah. And uh, don't make, make sure me you see you this weekend. Make sure you have a haircut before you're back on Monday. I mean, did you have a different experience, Avery? Uh, I think I had challenges with listening to some of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't retain it if that was being said. Fair yeah. enough. Challenge, challenges. <laughs> it's a good way so to So are you it. are you self self-identifying as a leadership challenge, Avery? Maybe. 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 Uh, to a first sergeant, anyway? Uh, yes. I would yeah. say that. I, I find shaving every day to be the equivalent of cutting your grass every day. It's just a very strange habit to me. I, I can tell. Kind of unnecessary. I mean, I, I can really I can really tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely. He's I, left it behind. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> to this day, you don't mow that grass yeah. at all. It's, I pretty much do it the same way I handle the grass, like just frequent enough for the city to not send me a letter. It's <laughs> pretty much it. One way it's, to a good put it. it's a good approach. That's one way to put yeah. it. Yeah. So. so, how long have you been a business owner? So I've been a business owner for about the last seven years, um, and really in and out of that. Um, I worked in plumbing, um, kind of got started in my own plumbing business. Um, and then I got out of that, and I, for some reason, decided that I wanted to go to work for the VA. Ooh. Wow. Okay. What an experience. Um, so... And, you know, up until probably about a year, year and a half ago, I was the patient advocate and the customer service person for the Wilmington Clinic. And, you know, we think the VA has challenges now that we see on the outside. You should see it from the inside. And I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, the VA does a lot of great things, but they also do a lot of, bad things. As with any government entity, um, it's not effective unless it's pushed. I always, always refer to the VA as a wheelbarrow. It doesn't work until it's pushed. Hmm. And that's, that's kind of how I, I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to fix it. Well, one person can't fix a large organization. No, bureaucracy um, way too big. You know, the times that I was there, you know, there was a lot of stuff that got fixed when Secretary Wilkie was in there, um, which many people don't realize, but Secretary Wilkie had ties to this area. Mm -hmm. He was down here quite often. He took a vested interest in that Fayetteville VA medical system because that was his hometown. That's where he was born and raised at. Or I don't think he was born there, but that's where he kind of grew up at. And so we benefited a lot from that. We got a lot of great services around here. Um, <clears throat> but then again, there was still a lot of stuff that, that needed to get cleaned up. And finally, I just said, you know what? I'm, when I wake up and I have a hard time coming to work because I hate going there, it's time for me to to have a career change. And yeah. I said, you know what? I said, it's not right for my fellow veterans to have to deal with this because I have a chip on my shoulder 
because I'm frustrated that I can't fix this. Nobody fixes it. They turn a blind eye to it. And I said, you know what, it's time for me to go. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I just now, or recently, I've had my first issue with the VA, which was scheduling a dental appointment. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having someone contact me this morning to schedule an appointment. And they just called to do the appointment. Hey, you know, we have an opening September 22nd. And then I remember thinking, like, did they just say September? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's known. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So I remember asking, like, I, th- I thought there was some community care thing or something. Or she was like, Oh yeah, there is. So I get they're gonna call me back randomly one day. But it was nuts to me. Yeah, it, that's yeah. that's it. It is like I said, it doesn't work yeah. unless you push it. Mm-hmm. You my, know? my physicals for the last three years at the VA have consisted of a doctor calling me on the phone and mm-hmm. saying, hey, this is your annual physical. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, but isn't that your call? Like, don't you need to poke me, prod yeah, me, listen to my heart decision? and lungs and, yeah. and tell me if I'm okay or not? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the idea of a physical? Um, if I had, like, a major issue, I'd have called you and scheduled an appointment. This is the annual physical. Well, we just don't have enough people to do in-person physicals, so we're just doing them over the phone. Um, you know, if you have anything major going on, let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems I mean, it's, it's, really, really inefficient. It's great. I mean, I remember when I was getting going through and get my disability. You know, comp and pen. I went to a, a doctor's visit. And it was like this, and it was you know I had issues with my feet, mm-hmm. and he was like, "All right, we're good." And I'm like, well, "Don't you need to see me?" He's like, "No, nah, I've seen everything." I was like, "Dude, you're pretty, pretty cool." Because you can not only see through this table, <laughs> but you can also see through my shoes <laughs> and know the issues that I'm having. And I'm like, you know, man, it's just, it's not, but, <laughs> you know, it's like you were saying with, with dental, most people don't realize you have eligibility and criteria for the VA. Then you have an own set of eligibility and criteria and classes in dental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's its own service, mm-hmm. its own whole weird thing in the VA. What is a what is something, or maybe some things that if you just ran it for a day, you would change to improve how it performs or the service it provides, or the getting in timely appointments and scheduling. Not That's, waiting till September yeah, for not a waiting till September. <laughs> no I mean, it's a bit much. If <laughs> if people ran the government like they ran a small business, it would be so much more effective. We wouldn't be twenty trillion dollars in exactly. debt. Exactly. We we wouldn't have the issues that we have now. Well, um, the difference is you're accountable for your own finances. Absolutely. Right. As a small business owner, right. if you don't have money in the bank, you don't make payroll. Your employees go somewhere else. You don't pay your mortgage anymore. Mm-hmm. The government has no incentive no. to pay their bills, do anything efficiently. Taxes, they just yeah. steal more from everybody else to keep covering the, the check. That was our biggest thing, and we still have problems with that with um, New Hanover, which is now Navant. Um, you know, guys were getting turned into collections because the VA just paying, and they're like, you know what? Too bad. You, they would literally send them a letter and saying, hey, maybe you need to go, you know, help us mm-hmm. help you, but you're ultimately responsible for this bill. 
Even though we had authorizations, we sent authorization. I'm fighting the same issue right now. That's mm-hmm. crazy. You know that the VA sent Novant an authorization. Novant called me to schedule the appointment. I went to go see it. I was like, everything good? They're like, yep. And now I'm getting a $720 bill. And I'm like, well, you had the authorization. Oh, well, we can't find it anymore. <laughs> and it's like, really? You know, mm-hmm. you're the one who called me. You wouldn't schedule me unless I had a consult, mm-hmm. you know, or a referral. You know, I said it just once again, you oh, know, and, that, and that's a Novant issue, really. Yeah. You know, but they've well, cleaned a lot of that stuff up. Oh, we could we could spend a month. Oh man, we could run, spend running the yeah. the VA into the dirt and how yeah. inefficient they are. But let's let's get back to handyman connections for a minute. So absolutely, I was uh, so I let, let's back up a little bit. So I've I've known you for what two months now. I think we met two three months yeah, two three February. months ago when you came yep. to your first VBC event in February. Yep, and then uh, we actually got the chance to work together for the first time about a week ago, a maybe weeks, two yeah. weeks ago. Uh, you came out and helped help. help one of my companies on a job. And then you called me this week to come take a look at something you had going on. And, uh, I learned something very interesting about your company that I, my brain went to made the connection just based on the name handyman connections. So to me, when I think a handyman, I think like punch list stuff, like fix the front porch, you know, like some of the more advanced honeydew list things that most guys most either don't have the don't skill to do. do, or they don't, yep. they don't want to do. Um, and I was surprised to find out you do full on renovations. Absolutely. Like you, you, you had a crew in there completely demoing an entire bathroom for a full rebuild. Uh, talk to me about what all you do because it's not so, obvious on the surface. Yeah, we we do literally everything. Um, I have uh, crews that one day can be, you know, simply changing out a, a light switch or hanging a painting or a mirror. The next day they could be in completely demoing and redoing a complete bathroom. Um, we do everything but really crawl on roofs. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I tell people we're too fat and we're too old to be getting up on the roof. I was going to ask if it was that or if it was the eight-foot ladder insurance threshold. Nah, nah. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of beat that a little bit, but uh, don't listen to that insurance agent. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, no, we just don't, we don't really get up on that. Um, we've got some great mutual friends that do very good at roofing. And so that's what we we refer all that stuff out to that. But um, you know, I've literally have hung paintings and mirrors and whatnot for people who just can't do it to you know flooring all in a matter of three hours. You know, and actually, I just just remembered uh, you helped us with the bid over in uh, Brunswick County. Brunswick County, yeah. Which Doing I just found out we won. Yep. And so you're gonna. That's another job, but we'll be yep. working together. Working with your brother, law trying to trying yeah. to figure out a schedule. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. I mean that's so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been, we, it's been great. We I'm glad you came to a meeting, and got involved because trying to find people that can just show up and do quality work has yeah, been such a challenge. Absolutely. And you guys are all over it. You know, and it's it's an interesting fate of how I got into this business. Um, back in August of last year, I was working for a local company called FilmWorks. Um, and I was out on the PGA golf tour and I ended up getting pneumonia and COVID. Wow. Um, at the same time, as you now, as you back up. <laughs> so this is um, a tight space. in Yeah. Here. <laughs> no, so I, I 
come home and I was, you know, just tough. To, I was like, all right, I'll just whatever. So finally on that Saturday, I got home on a Wednesday. That Saturday, I told my fiance Heather, I said, you need to take me to Medac. I said, I just can't, I can't deal with this anymore. So I go to Medac and I'm laying up on the table, curled up in the fetal position, fever's coming and going. And, you know, she was like, oh, well, you've got COVID. I'm like, okay. She said, I said, well, I think I got pneumonia. She said, yeah, you got a little bit of pneumonia. Here's some, some, you know, some prednisone or whatever. Well, there wasn't even enough prednisone in this bottle to do a third of the way she wanted to try to taper it. The next day, uh, so that was Saturday, so Sunday, Sunday night, she finally, she calls the ambulance because I just couldn't, I couldn't hardly breathe. I get there, um, they take me to Pender, and they did an x-ray, and I literally had about a spot that was about the size of my fist right here wow. of what I was breathing out of. My lungs were solid white oh, from man. fluid and everything else. He you were almost she, dead. That's what he told me. He said, if you would have waited another you know, couple hours. He said, you may have had another day or so left in you. He said, somebody would have found you. He says, because you're not perfusing. At that time, my O2 stats were somewhere in the neighborhood of about 65, 70. Hmm. So off to New Hanover I go, and I spent 22 days in that hospital. Wow. At one point in time, I was on close to 50 liters of oxygen that was being high flow oxygen that was being pumped through a nasal cannula and down there and I'm telling you it was the worst feeling I told a doctor that I had pulmonologist and he was a he was a major in the army still mm-hmm. and um, I told him I said doc I said I much rather be shot and blown up than not being able to breathe I said because you can mask that pain there's not a pill you can take to breathe. I couldn't walk for me to you, Avery, without well, being out of breath. And that's with a, a, a nasal cannula and a rebreather on. Hmm. So <clears throat> needless to say, when I got out of the hospital after 22 days, the second day I was out of the hospital, they said, oh, we don't need you anymore at film work. I said, you know what? I said, I'm tired of working for somebody else. I want to work for myself. Um, so I started looking into franchises. A really great friend of mine, um, Jeff Moss, who owns College Hunks. Yeah, I know Jeff. He's a, he's yep. a member of the, the VBC also. I started talking to him. I talked to him all the time. Um, <clears throat> he's a Cobra pilot. His son is a real pilot who flies Apaches. <laughs> is that how it is in the Army? <laughs> that, that's how it is in the Army. <laughs> I so the Apache pilots yeah. are the real pilots? That's the real pilots. I wonder so where that was going. Always joke with, with <laughs> Jeff about that. Um, oh man, that's funny. So but, the Marine Corps has a thing like that, but it's between the 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 cargo pilots and then the Cobra pilots. Yeah, and the Army has it even within the attack categories. So which one is the real pilot? The that's Apache. The Apache. The Apache. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good so, to know. I'm gonna. Yeah. Make, I have to remember that for next time I talk to Jeff. Where do, yeah. where do fighter jets pilots fall in this spectrum? The Army. We don't recognize those. So that's, that's only like, you know, maybe Navy, Air Force type stuff. Fair enough. I'm yeah, just so wondering how this all shook yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's where, you know. <laughs> Fast movers stick in, in the movies like that's Top right, Gun yeah, and stuff. Yeah, They're not even real, right? <laughs> that's it. So, um, you know, he hooked me up with a franchise development coach um, who I spent a lot of time with really kind of getting to know me and figuring out 
where I wanted to go. What what did I want to do? Mm-hmm. And um, she presented three options to me as franchises and says, look at these three. And I did due diligence on that. And the handyman connection was the one that stood out. Um, I looked at a garage door repair business and I was like, you know, how many people do you know that are constantly replacing garage doors or having an issue with a garage door other than, you know, <laughs> other than Avery, <laughs> other than Avery, yeah, you know, where you got right somebody now. who steals a garage door. <laughs> I think um, I called the garage door repairman once in my life. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, it was that, and then it was a, um, fitness machine repair. And I was like, Oh man, that sounds really great. Not, you don't see that everywhere. Then I started really looking at that and analyzing that and thinking about it. And I was like, how many times are you going to call somebody over to fix your Nordic track or your treadmill before you just say, you know what? Screw this thing. It's now a coat rack. Yeah. Yes. Or the calls are maybe probably warranty calls where exactly. you're being paid a bare minimum from the yeah. so manufacturer. Like, you know what? For the that service doesn't call. make sense. So I started asking people that I know, and I'm like, Hey, do you, you know, handyman stuff? Talk to me about handyman. They're like, oh, do you know somebody? Man, I need something. <laughs> Everybody I call, man, they never either, they never show up or, mm-hmm. you know, they're busy, they're booked out. And everybody I talked to and I pitched this idea to, they're like, man, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, went through the franchise process um, and realized that this was a fit for us. Um, so we started this, uh, Heather and myself, and, um, you know, we opened our doors February 8th. Of this year? Of this year. February 8th of okay. this year, we opened our doors, and once we started running, we haven't stopped. Um, how, how big of a footprint did you start with? So you, I, when you well, launched, was it just you doing stuff, or it, did you, it, did you literally start Literally, it was me and Heather, Okay. Um, and I had two guys that worked for me. Okay, so you started with two employees, two from, employees from day one. Now I'm up to six. Okay. And I'm literally trying to, my goal is to put two more on this month because we've Man, got that's fantastic. A month over from February to March, we doubled our sales. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good and, for you, um, man. It's, it's, been, it's been phenomenal. Um, now, how, how much of that would you attribute to um, – Efforts from the franchise or the franchise system, you know, like do they do marketing for you or they, they, do they have a call center for you or is it, yes. or is it because so you're there's a lot or? of support that's in a franchise and everybody always asks me, why do you get into a franchise? And I'm like, you know, a franchise is a proven system. Obviously, if there's more than two or three and they're successful, then it works. Yeah. They've got everything figured out. We've got a marketing team. We've got a... Um, IT team, we, you know, you've got everybody there. So if I'm having an issue with marketing, I pick up the phone and call marketing and say, hey, look, what's going on with this? What do we need to do with that? Oh, don't worry about it. I got it. You focus on your business. Instead of me trying to figure out, all right, who do I got to call for SEO? Who do I got to call for this or that? They've got all of these partners that do all of this stuff. That's IT. Awesome. You know, we've got an IT guy, just call him, say, hey, we're having issues with this. All right, yeah, we got it, boom. You know, it's, it's, it's all there. So you're a couple months into it. Your sales are doubling month over month. You've mm-hmm. tripled the size of your team in just a couple of months. 
Um, so I guess it'd be fair to say that you're happy with your decision to go the franchise route. Absolutely. And I ask because, you know, a lot of veterans are interested in business ownership and entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. And they just don't know the, the right way to go. Like you explored a lot of different paths. And so it's really cool to be able to hear, hear from somebody that's gone down that road and, and franchise and you're kicking the crap out of it on, on the day to day. Yeah, it's it's a you know it, a lot of franchise ors look at military personnel as the perfect candidates because they follow the direction, they follow the systems, the guidance. And another thing too is there's a lot of discounts that franchise ors give off the franchise fees for military. Mm-hmm. Uh, Handyman Connection was one of those. Okay. They, they recognize that as a token in your your service. You know they they do that because they are proven. That's why you look at um, Vet Fran and a lot of these other you know veteran franchise and things, and they tell you you know this is this is what they're after. You know the leadership, the everything that we learn in the military applies in the civilian world, and they're very successful at it, particularly in franchising. Two quick questions. Okay. One, what area do you cover? And the second one, you mentioned Vet Friend. Can you explain more about what that is? Yes. So I cover Pender and New Hanover and Brunswick County is kind of our territory. Okay. Um, and Vet Friend is a organization that is, they take a lot of these franchisors and you know kind of bring them together and say are you military friendly and they just kind of put that whether it's a I forgot the term that they use for it but some kind of you know like a star rating system mm-hmm. yes they're very military friendly or they're, they're not mm-hmm. so much or you yeah, know, like do you, you, you offer a discount on your franchise exactly any discount other you know trade. how does what's your percentage of people who are you know, former military people, how successful they've been. There's just a whole lot of stuff that they go in. Okay. And it's for somebody to kind of look at it and to do research. I always tell people when you're, so there's a franchise literally for everything nowadays. Everything. Yeah. And I tell people, look at your, look at what's out there. Um, and do your due diligence, do your research and say, you know, is it, is it right for me? So I owned a ATV repair business um, before that. And, you know, I thought I was making pretty good money in that. But it was me. It was only me. And I had to stop what I was doing to answer the phone to talk to a customer, order parts, figure out marketing, figure out how to do this, do that, do all of this. And, you know, how long does it take you to make a profit in a business that you started by yourself? Mm-hmm. On average, they say close to three to five years. Right. Believe it or not, the first month of business, we put $330 to our bottom line. Nice. We had a profit of $330 in the first month of business. That's excellent. That's crazy because I know what the startup costs are, even, even exactly. in something as simple as you know, hand tools and things like that. I mean, that yeah. all just adds up like crazy franchise fees. That first month worth of payroll that you gotta you gotta have in the account. Yeah. So I got a question for you. We're okay. we're we're getting close to, to running running out of time yeah. on this session, but uh, you know, you've tripled your staff during the same amount of time 
where every other business in town can't find anyone that wants to show up to work. How are you overcoming some of these challenges that everybody else is facing in the, in the labor market right now? A lot of it has to do with leadership and when I talk to people. Um, <clears throat> I come from a blue collar background, so my workers are blue collar, so I understand how they think. Blue collar workers are not going on places like Indeed and Monster and all that. When you say resume to them, you might as well talk something else. But when you start talking applications and saying, hey, look, this is what I want to do for you. You're a hell of a guy that can build a hell of a table. But you don't like going out and finding your next job. You don't like finding all of that. Well, look, I've got the office staff for that. I want you to focus on doing what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's done that. The other part that I do with this is I build my team and I build leadership in my team. I, I sit down with them and say, what's your goal? What do you want to do this month? Okay, I want to make, and I'm just going to throw this out, I want to make $1,300 a month, all right? Or $1,300 a week. I said, okay, what do we need to do to get to that? So we said, all right, well, we got to have so many estimates, this job size, this and that. And I said, okay. And I look at our office staff and I said, let's make sure that John has this. Let's make sure that this is in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, a lot of it is that, and, and I had one guy. So, so, sounds like you're uh, taking kind of that approach that first sergeant took with you early on in your career. Absolutely. Huh? It, Just it, looking absolutely. out for your guys. The other part of that that I'm very fortunate to have, out of six guys, four of them served in the military. Awesome. That's so four cool. of them. And, and I have one guy that, that tells me, he said, man, he said, I've never had somebody sit down and say, what do you want to do? You know, how can I help you be better? And there's this thing that's called the, the circle of trust or the circle of protection or whatever. And as pack animals, we, we are better in numbers. And if everybody is working as a cohesive unit, then we can fend off all of those, those dangers that's out there. But it's the moment that you start going out by that and be like, you know what? Screw the boss people. We're going to do that. That's when stuff starts breaking down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've overcome that. I, I tell our, all of our, you know, corporate franchise staff, I was like, I don't work in the office. Mm -hmm. I'm out in the field. I will crawl under a house, on a house, and on top of a house all in a day's work. I'm meeting with a customer and I'm talking with a customer and you know, and I'm showing up on a job site and you're like, oh, well, who's the owner of a company that's here? What, you know, you're not somebody that sits in an office that, that's out there. If I have a problem, I can pick up the phone and call you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, that sounds like you know, military leadership 101 in, in action. Mm -hmm. What Absolutely. would you say to guys uh, that are either getting out or they're already out, you know, military veterans um, that are thinking about making the leap into business ownership, maybe through a franchising route. Uh, they're, they're hesitant. They're not sure if they, they're scared. They're not sure if they've got what it takes. Uh, what would you say to them? So become that 1%. Don't become that 99%. That 99% is the people who follow. Be that 1% leader. 
And in that 1%, there's going to be some hard decisions. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be everything. But do your homework. Do your due diligence when you're looking at that. You, they've, they've got these friend development coaches. They're free. They don't cost a thing because they're paid by the franchise that actually, they're kind of almost like recruiting agents. Okay? Yeah. But go and talk to them. Look at what's out there. Talk and do your due diligence. Pick up the phone. That's part of franchising is picking up the phone and calling these franchise owners and say, all right, the franchise disclosure document says this. What are you seeing? Is that true? Would, do you have to be rich to open a business? Do you have to have a ton of money? Well, these guys that are getting out after four years, maybe they didn't save a lot because they you know, bought the giant truck when they were a PFC or something. Can they still do it? Yeah, everybody can do it. All you have to do is be able to get the right funding, SBA loans, all of that stuff that's out there. As long as you haven't wrecked your credit with that, then yes, you can do it. And it doesn't take, it took 110000 or so, I think for me, and that's with capital that's built into the business. Okay. That's you know, establishing your operating account. Establish, yeah, nice. you know, you don't have to go out there. You, we're not opening at McDonald's. You don't have to be on the corner of college and market. Right. You know, you don't have to buy all of this equipment and all of this other stuff. For me, I'm very lucky that I hire craftsmen that have their own tools. So I'm not having to buy a bunch of tools from them. Um, you know, they have their stuff, and I compensate them well in that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, we're, we're out of time, so we're going to do our normal wrap-up thing, which is uh, me and Avery always like to ask if you had you know, one or two pieces of advice you wanted to leave on the table for our audience related to anything we talked about or didn't talk about, whatever, whatever you want to drop. So if you, have, if you read a lot of business books like I do, there's a new one out there that I've really enjoyed. and there's, It's not really a new one. But there's a lot of YouTube series in it, on it, and it's called Leaders Eat Last. Mm -hmm. um, and that's by Simon Sinek. Yep. Okay. And there's a lot of great stuff. There's 45-minute segments. They actually have episodes and, and classes that they do on this. And there's a lot of principle that's in there that comes from the military that translates over to that. Prime example is the name of the book, Leaders Eat Last. When we all remember when we were in there, it was that that junior NCO or that private that ate first, your junior NCOs, your senior NCOs, and then your officers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's how why why and why is that? Because your alphas. You know, your alpha males, your ones that are leading, is protecting, is doing the work, is doing all of that. They typically eat first in a pack, right? And that's it. Your 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 alphas are not your leaders. They're not your 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 that. Same principle goes into business. Who's the who's the last one to get paid in a business? The owner. The owner. <laughs> Always. Exactly. Yep. As, as I say, leaders eat here, right? leaders eat last. And, and leaders get paid last because it's more important for us to take care of our people who take care of us. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And that actually included our, our second question was, do you have any book recommendations? Yeah, so you, yeah you, that you, is... You go that is that. And one shot. Yeah, it was, 
there was a quote that was in there, and you know, and I always write these down because I always keep quotes in my pocket that I always think of. Lay it on us. In the military, we give medals to people who are willing to sacrifice themselves so others may gain. In business, we give bonuses to people who are willing to sacrifice others so that we may gain. Why is this backwards? Why in business do we not give medals or bonuses to people that sacrifice themselves? This sounds like a whole other episode. That is, that's, oh, a, that's, that's something right there. to, to <laughs> stop and, 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 and think of. And it's, you know, it's the other part too is leadership comes at a cost. You never get to do less work when you get more senior. You have to do more work, and the more work you do, you have to look out for others. True, very true. Well, this has been great. I wish we had another two hours, uh, given the, the growth rate of your business and the things we touched on only for a few minutes here and there. We've got to have you back. Absolutely. Maybe like I would love to be. Six months be and, back, and just yeah. check in. I mean, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yep. See how big the handyman connection empire exactly. is at that point. That's that is my goal is to is to create an empire and to create a thing of where people say, Yeah, I want to work for that guy. Well we're uh, we're honored to have you involved with the VBC. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for participating and uh, joining. We appreciate you coming down today on the podcast. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, whether they want to work for you, they want to hire you, what's the best way to get in touch with Chris Sykes? So you can give us a call in our office. Our number is 910-970-4200, or you can go to handymanconnection.com backslash Wilmington, and you will see everything on our website. Um, Obviously, we've got all of our social media, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all that other stuff. OnlyFans is coming soon. Nice. <laughs> that pay gate, I like it. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming in today, man. And uh, you better get back to work. Absolutely. <laughs> All, right. All right. Later. Thanks for checking out the VBC Podcast.